Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Bay Curious listener Gary Pilgrim has questions about one of the islands in San Francisco Bay. I've wondered about Treasure Island and uh, what does the future hold? Last week, we learned about the island's early days, how it was created by dumping mud onto a shallow reef, how they held a world's fair there, a $50 million patent of the Pacific. And then it was Navy land until 1997. Now it's part of San Francisco. Today, we're looking ahead at the city's plans for a new neighborhood. 8,000 new apartments and condos, more than a quarter of them affordable, the largest green space San Francisco has built since Golden Gate Park, more office and retail space than San Francisco's downtown Westfield Center. But that all made Gary wonder. I'm also wondering, since it's so low to the water, if the rising uh, seas are going to be an issue for it. Today, what are the plans for Treasure Island? And are those plans threatened by climate change? I'm Olivia Allen Price. This is Bay Curious. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. KQED science reporter Kevin Stark went into the field to answer Gary's question. And um, you live here in Capitola? Yes, I live just a few blocks away, just above the flood zone. Patrick Barnard, a federal scientist, studies how climate change is affecting the California coast, including San Francisco's new neighborhood. Treasure Island is one of the most vulnerable locations in the entire state. The first threat, the water of the San Francisco Bay, is rising. Mid-range estimates from a 2013 report from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change 
found that by 2100, the bay could rise by three feet. One meter of sea level rise, like half the island is already underwater. And that was even without a significant event. What Barnard means by a significant event is a storm, the second threat. Atmospheric rivers that sweep in with pounding rains, lifting white-capped waves that careen in all directions, slamming over the shoreline of Treasure Island. The whole of the island could be inundated by a storm. Third threat, Treasure Island's own construction. Remember, engineers built the island with mud and sand. And so the Treasure Island itself is, is sinking at the rate about the same as sea level rise is going up. So that's actually seen about twice as much sea level rise. So, Olivia, to answer Gary's question, what is the future of Treasure Island? Basically, it's a triple threat. Okay. The land is sinking, the San Francisco Bay is rising, and winter storm tides pour water onto the island. So did the city take this triple threat into account when they approved the plans for Treasure Island? Regulators approved the city's plan in 2011, but experts say that means it's based on climate science from 10 to 20 years ago. The Treasure Island case really reveals how vulnerable uh, planning is to changes in the estimated magnitude of sea level rise. So what people thought only 20 years ago is now completely out of date. Christina Hill is an environmental planner at UC Berkeley and studies sea level rise in the Bay Area. She says not only is the science behind the Treasure Island development plan old, it's also based on moderate estimates of sea level rise. When the um, engineers and planners advised the Treasure Island Development Authority in the 90s and then again in the 2000s, they basically said, well, let's not take a worse case. You know, let's take a reasonable case. But emissions keep rising. And now scientists say climate change impacts are worse than expected. The way we're looking at things now and seeing how much ice is melting in Antarctica and in Greenland, that worst case turned out to be actually too low. So that's a real lesson in not using the central prediction of models um, and pretending that that's the most likely. High-end projections by state agencies and independent scientists show sea level rise of 7 to 10 feet because of melting ice sheets. And that's without a storm. And how does this all play out on Treasure Island? Treasure Island would be overwhelmed by water. So planners for Treasure Island are facing both rising water and sinking land? Here, I'll just show you. So this big bucket represents the San Francisco Bay. Okay, so we have a big clear bucket with some water. I take it that's the bay water then? That's the bay water right there. And so the base layer of Treasure Island is porous, it's gooey, it's thick. It's a little bit like these here. Sponges. Exactly. So I'm just going to put those in there. All right. So we've got two blue sponges in the bay. Oh, I can already see they're soaking up a lot of the bay water. Yeah. And the next layer on top of that is sand. So we dump rice in here, and that's representing the sand. That's fun to watch. And on top of that, we have all the development. We've got uh, roads and buildings, and I'm going to put in some toy cars and blocks, and that's going to represent all of that. Okay, so now we're adding some weighted toys to this makeshift treasure island. It looks like everything is sinking just a little bit under the weight of those toys. Exactly. The weight of the sand, the buildings, all of that heavy stuff pushes down on the bay mud, and it compresses like a sponge. 
So how can the city put more weight onto land that's already sinking? Well, the city argued that many Bay Area neighborhoods were built on fill. Sure. I mean, you've got Mission Bay and the marina in San Francisco, two major airports. Engineers propose speeding up the natural settling and compacting process so the land no longer sinks. And they're going to build the ground up higher to get above the waterline. Hmm. Is that going to work? Yeah, I wanted to know, too. So I went out to Treasure Island to ask Bob Beck, who's the city's point person for the development. Build high, uh, monitor, give yourself ample space and, and ample money to adapt as you go forward. Beck works in one of the oldest, tallest buildings on Treasure Island. The room on top was originally designed to be an airport control tower. We climb a spiraling blue staircase up to a glass-enclosed room with a panoramic view of the island and the glittering bay behind it. It never gets old. You see the fog come under the gate or over the top of the hills. It's it's tremendously beautiful location. Below, workers swivel cranes and move piles of earth around with bulldozers. It's all to address one of the threats of this island, stabilize the land, and stop it from sinking. It's, it's ultimately a three-step process. Step number one, Beck points out the window at... What look like some small white flags coming up out of the soil, um, and those are the wick drains. Hoses with small holes. This is like putting a siphoning straw into the mud. As it compresses, water escapes through the hoses onto the surface of the island, where it evaporates. Step two. Towering cranes lift long beams up vertically into the air and then slam them like an exclamation point into the ground. They're driven down 50 feet in depth, and as they're extracted, they vibrate. All that shaking settles the sand. Final step. Workers weigh the island down with humongous mounds of dirt, compressing more water out of the bay mud. Bringing in this large volume of of soil, we're accelerating that natural settlement process, that that compression process of the of the bay mud. This is one of the most vulnerable places in in the Bay Area. You know, what is the plan for addressing rising sea levels? First, a lot of the development is set back from the water's edge. We're also building high, so um, all of the development footprint is being elevated to account for uh, three three feet of sea level rise and storm surge. I want to push you a little bit on this. What we thought for rising sea levels, it seems like the projections now are more severe. Yeah, there, there are, as you said, some predictions um, at the high range of, of what could happen that, that are potentially catastrophic. The, those worst-case scenarios are far outside of what most of the predictive models are, are, are showing right now. So there are those concerns, but the reality is for Treasure Island, we have the space and we have the funding to adapt to that. You could potentially have a moment where you're having to build a seawall and the bay is is like up, up above a person that is standing down on the shoreline of Treasure Island. The planning for and, and the developing a strategy to adapt to sea level rise um, is baked into the land use plan here and the funding plan. It's, it's well positioned to, to ad- adapt to even the, some of the worst case scenarios. In those worst case scenarios, they would need to build a levee or a seawall. Residents will pay an annual fee, which goes into a fund to pay for that type of engineering. Hill says cities like San Francisco need to learn to live with rising water and not depend on seawalls. They 
put you in the New Orleans situation where you live behind this wall and you have to count on it and you're not ready for water to come up behind it. So it's a kind of brittle situation. And I think those are situations that are at risk catastrophic failure. Hill says seawalls affect water levels in other parts of the bay. Developers aren't acting in isolation. If Treasure Island builds a seawall, it could affect the entire Bay Area. She and others have proposed big, out-of-the-box ideas. Canal systems, city blocks that float on the water, or neighborhoods that are designed to flood. Meanwhile, on Treasure Island, construction on the first residential development has begun. That was reporter Kevin Stark. This week's episode was edited by Kat Snow. If you missed our earlier episode on the creation and history of Treasure Island, check our show notes or visit baycurious.org. We're going to take next week off so we can spend some time with our families, but meet back here for a new episode on January 2nd. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 